0: Today on CityCast Salt Lake, we're going for a breezy stroll down the Jordan River and talking about a deeply misunderstood creature, the beaver. I went looking for beaver activity yesterday with the Tracy Aviary's conservation outreach biologist. Her name is Frances Goh, and she explained why the aviary has launched a bilingual community study to determine how beavers and birds cohabitate. It's Thursday, July 7th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Should
1: we go for a walk? Yeah, we can definitely go for a walk along the Jordan River Trail. Okay. Um, are we going to see beavers? Uh, we're not going to see beavers at this time of day. So right now it's about 9 a.m., the sun is shining. (laughs) But beavers tend to be most active during dawn and dusk hours. So if we were here a few hours earlier, or if you came to the trail later at night, you might see a large shape moving through the
0: water. And that's my sign. Can you hear beavers? If I'm walking the trail, I'm not necessarily looking for them. Are there clues?
1: I don't know if there are sound clues. They probably do make sounds like slapping their tails on the water. Here, the most obvious sign you would see are beaver chews. So these are large trees, branches, sticks that have been nibbled and sort of left along the banks. And that sort of the most obvious sign of beaver along the Jordan River.
0: I don't know a lot about beavers. I'm trying to think of any beavers that I know. I know the beaver from Winnie the Pooh. I know Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> like, But I have always thought of them as being kind of destructive. Is that a misconception?
1: Yeah. So a lot of people seem to think that beaver either don't exist along the Jordan River Or if they do exist, they are nuisances. And that's not always quite the truth about what beavers do for the ecosystem. Okay. So, yeah, beavers are technically uh, the largest rodents in North America. If you've ever thought about, like, mice as rodents, then you're just like, well, beavers are the biggest. The biggest rodent. <laughs>
0: okay, but, Francis, I'm not sure that makes me more keen on beavers. <laughs> okay, that, that's
1: true. I mean, I feel like it's a very impressive thing because I think yeah. the yeah. biggest rodent in the world is the capybara. But uh-huh. here in North America, we have ourselves, like, a very large species of rodent who is technically an ecosystem engineer. So... Okay, what does that mean? So, essentially... Scientists call them ecosystem engineers because they have the capacities to sort of modify their habitats. So other animals that fall into that system are humans. So humans have the capacity to modify our environments to make big, large scale changes on the landscape. Okay. So humans, beavers, elephants are also ecosystem engineers. So huh. it's pretty exciting to know that we have other mammals around us who also are able to shift and change their environment.
0: That is amazing. What are we looking at here? This looks like beaver activity. Yeah, so
1: if we come up super close to this tree, oh, if we go around, um, what we're looking at right here, and if you get really close, you can see the tooth marks of beavers around
0: the trunk of this tree. Yeah. It looks like it's been just like, like all the bark has been scraped off.
1: Yeah, so a lot of times beavers are eating the soft sort of growing bark underneath trees, the inner cambium. And yeah, so, What we're seeing is sort of this naked base of the tree right here. And this tends to be the most obvious sign of beaver activity. So you might not see beaver themselves, but you'll see trees that have sort of been stripped of bark, or there'll be like little gnaw marks on stumps and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Okay. And beaver are very busy. So they tend to come up during the dawn and dusk hours, feed, and then go back to hiding wherever they
0: hide. This is another perception I have of beavers, that they are hard workers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so this is something that we are sort of trying to figure out along the Jordan River. Like, how active are the beaver populations? Where do they tend to concentrate? Uh, we do know that they tend to prefer the trees that are soft wooded, like these cottonwoods. A lot of cottonwoods along the Jordan River are native species. And we are very interested in what trees are they choosing and how long are they choosing to stay at these trees.
0: Okay, so you mentioned that beavers are native to the Jordan River. Yes. But in the past however many years since this valley was settled, have we begun destroying their habitat in some way? Like, are they having to adapt to us? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm not super sure about the beavers
1: on this river. Mm. I do know that the Jordan River's history has been a little fraught. So there has been a lot of modifications to the river. And it is not sort of the same river that was here uh, pre-colonization. Yeah. And one of the things that we do know is that there is a lot of invasive species, like Russian olive trees, that are now along the river versus there used to be more cottonwoods, willows. Yeah. It's sort of interesting because we really want to preserve these native species, like cottonwoods, but the native species also tend to be the trees that beavers prefer. Mm. So it's sometimes an interesting challenge to say can we redirect the beavers to eat some of the native or the non native species?
0: Hmm. A couple months ago, we talked to some folks who are part of the bear um is it the bear river restoration project and one of the things they specifically talked about was how they're using indigenous wisdom about native species to like you know bring back native species to that dam and they specifically mentioned russian olive trees not native really destructive and influencing beaver habitat up there And there's an effort to bring back cottonwoods, and they're hoping that ultimately that will make a healthier tributary of the Great Salt Lake, which the Jordan River is a tributary of the Great Salt Lake too, right? I believe so.
1: Yeah, like it connects the Great Salt Lake and uh,
0: Utah Lake. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So the health of the Jordan River is also sort of a hashtag Save the Great Salt Lake project, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like water
0: in the state is all very connected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... This looks like beaver activity. It is. But we're not going to... Does this mean we're necessarily... Like, if I see a tree that's been gnawed by a beaver, does it necessarily mean that I'm close to a beaver dam?
1: Uh, Not necessarily. So the beavers along the Jordan River are interesting in that they don't build dams. They sort of make hidden burrows along the banks, which is why most people assume that beavers don't exist here because they don't see, like, the characteristic dams. (gasps) What? Yeah. So that's why the beaver here are a little more mysterious, I'd like to say. (laughs) So, yeah, burrowing into the banks and then coming out late at night or early in the morning. And anytime we sort of see beaver activity, a lot of people immediately think, oh, this tree is damaged. It's a danger. Mm. Beaver are a nuisance, which Mm. is not the whole story. One of the things that we're interested in at the aviary is the interplay between beavers and how they modify habitat and birds. Hmm. So a lot of dead trees still provide very valuable habitat to birds. Dead trees are called snags. Okay. And so these are standing trees that are just, they're dead, but birds use them for a whole bunch of things, like perching. So we have king fishers, for example, who will perch over the river looking for their prey. Or once trees are dead, they become like an insect buffet, essentially, okay. as these decomposers are moving in. But then that provides food to birds. And there's a lot of hollow nesting cavities that are essential for woodpeckers and other birds who are trying to build nests. Hmm.
0: So because the beavers on the Jordan River aren't damming, does that mean they're not felling trees?
1: Um, they do fell trees occasionally. Okay. So even though they don't build dams, you can see like small stumps along the river where they've just like chewed through and the tree fell over. Uh, so there's, like, a whole bunch of different types of beaver chew. So sometimes you'll see them just taking a munch out of one tree, mm-hmm. and it's just one side, and they move on. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they girdle the entire tree, which is they go all the way around and make, like, a naked belt at the base. Right. And sometimes you'll see the stump where they felled the tree.
0: Huh. Why do they chew it if it's not to build a dam?
1: That's a good question. So I'm not sure sometimes, well, they'll chew through it and fell something, but... We think it might be because they are trying to eat the bark. So if you manage to, like, cut down the tree, then you have more access to some of the
0: bark that is maybe too tall. Oh, interesting. That is clever. They're so smart. Yeah. So this tree we're looking at, it is dead. I can see that.
1: Yeah. So this one right here, once they are girdled, they tend to die. Because it's kind of like, uh, I guess trees are kind of like big giant straws is the best way to simplify it. Huh. So once you cut off that circulation at the bottom, all the nutrients can't make it to the top of the tree.
0: It's interesting because you would think, like, if this tree was on my property, I would want to take it down because I'd be worried that in a windstorm it would go flying. But even a dead tree is an important part of an ecosystem is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Although dead trees sometimes are thought of as like hazards, uh, there's sort of a balance that needs to go into assessing whether to remove it from the landscape or to allow it to remain as an important part of, like, bird habitat. Hmm.
0: Okay. So, do the beavers on the Jordan River, if they don't build dams, do they build lodges? I don't think so. I have not seen a lodge.
1: Like, the best that I know is that they burrow into the sides of the banks, and they're sort of hidden Mm -hmm. from plain sight if you're just looking up the river. Yeah. To be honest, I have not seen one myself.
0: You haven't? No. Okay, then we're in the same boat. (laughs) I feel like I'm a, I don't know, I'm a disappointing, like, nature observer because I haven't seen a beaver before.
1: It is very hard because although they're super big, if you see one, you'd think at first, wow, that's a big Labrador swimming through the water. (laughs) But it's a beaver. Yeah. But it's very hard to be at the right place where you
0: notice that there's a beaver there. Yeah. But you've never seen one, but you still, like, love them, it seems, and feel connected to them. So,
1: I've never seen one on the Jordan River. Okay. I have seen them in other places. <laughs> okay, okay. So, in my mind's eye, I do know what a beaver looks like. Yeah. <laughs> do, you,
0: <laughs> do you know how many beavers there
1: are along the Jordan River? Actually, no. And that's, like, something that we are interested in through this Birds and Beavers project. Yeah. We've started a map of sightings, like, anytime people see beaver, like, physically, Or if they see signs of beaver, they'll report it to us. And we're hoping to sort of get a sense of where are these beaver located and how active or how many are there. And then what will you do with that information? Yeah, so it's sort of like a three-step process in this project. First, finding out where the beaver are. Having people tell us, where are they? And the second is sort of monitoring. Once we've established, okay, there's an active beaver or beaver family here. Yeah, We are hoping to set up trail cameras and sort of record their behavior and figure out what are they doing? How are they changing the landscape and how does this affect birds? And then third, once we've collected that data, maybe sharing our data with management agencies along the river and saying, hey, this is a very important bird habitat. This is what we're finding from beavers. This is how they're altering landscapes. And here are maybe some suggestions for whether or not you take out the trees or leave them.
0: Hmm, okay. I had a question for you and then I forgot it because a cool breeze hit me and I was like, wow, this is so peaceful. (laughs) I just meditated for a couple seconds. (laughs) Should we walk down and see if there's some more beaver habitat to be found? What do you think, up or down? Uh, Usually down. Okay, usually down. Hey there, it's Allie. Just taking a moment to say, have you thought about advertising on CityCast Salt Lake? If there's anything we've learned making this show and newsletter, it's that our audience is made up of incredibly engaged Salt Lakers. They care most about what's going on in town. They're the first to try new restaurants. Honestly, they're tastemakers. So if you have a business or an event or an organization that Salt Lakers should know about, consider spreading the word on CityCast Salt Lake. Find out more by emailing us at ads at citycast.fm or checking out saltlake.citycast.fm slash advertise. Is that beaver activity there? Yeah, so
1: this is, see that giant munch taken out of the stump. Okay, so we just walked like 20 feet. There are very active beavers here. They are. Yeah, and I guess something that people really don't know about the Jordan River is that it is a very important habitat for a whole suite of animals. Mm-hmm. So we've seen foxes here. There are deer that come by, beavers, muskrats, and over 200 species of birds have been recorded along the Jordan River. Wow. So it is essentially a migratory corridor for lots of birds. So huh. it's very important to the wildlife in
0: our city. Yeah. Wow, it's so nice here. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is super peaceful. It really is. Oh, there's a bird up there. What is that? Ah, that is a juvenile robin. A juvenile robin? So a, a baby one?
1: Yeah, so a youngling. Oh. There's a lot of robins that'll be sort of flitting about here, but you can tell that this one's a juvenile because it's got those spots on the breast. Huh.
0: Hello, Robin. So they're super cute. That robin's like, I just saw a beaver, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I mean, it's very possible because birds tend to be most active also during the dawn hours. So yeah. just as the sun is coming up, there is a whole riot of bird song called the Dawn Chorus. The Dawn Chorus. Yeah. So it's very likely that as the beaver are waking up, eating their morning snack, the birds are also singing.
0: The birds have all the beaver intel. If only they could tell us. If only we could know. Frances, thank you so much for taking us on this walk on this journey. Yeah, it was a
1: pleasure and the nature center is open to the public. People can come by, walk the grounds and the trails or come along on a beaver walk if they're interested.
0: If you would like to report beaver activity near the Jordan River, you can text photos and details to the Tracy Aviary's Beaver Hotline, 801-381-6349. All right, one more thing before we go. In the realm of animals much, much bigger, you might have seen the slew of videos lately of people getting gored by bison near Yellowstone. I think the Utah DWR is worried about us because they sent a presser yesterday with some tips for not getting gored on Antelope Island, home, of course, to one of the nation's largest and oldest public bison herds. Here are the highlights. If you see a bison and it stops what it's doing and starts paying attention to you, you are too close and you need to back away. If a bison is in the middle of the road, wait for it to pass, Do not get out of your vehicle. If a bison is on the side of the road, feel free to slowly drive past it. If you're hiking and a bison is close to you or on the trail, you should either back away and return the way you came or leave the trail and give the animal a very wide berth when passing. The DWR says this is one of the few exceptions where it's okay to leave the trail. all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around this city. Bye.
1: Swimming along in my beaver pond The water's still lilies are growing feeling mighty good like a beaver should then i hear the sound of water flowing gotta get sticks quick gotta make them fit gotta stop my damn from leaking it's my job to see all the animals depend on me. So heed he these words that I'm speaking. I'm a beaver. And you know what that means. I'm a beaver. And I gotta get to work. I'm a beaver. I can't help myself. I'm a beaver. I'm a national symbol.